Oh, here he is, right here. Do you see him? I don't see him. Maybe he's in his pool. It looks like a hot tub. Driving through a certain part of Louisiana, away from Baton Rouge on I-10, you start to see signs advertising a live tiger, tiger exhibit. And if you pull off, you find yourself at what's called the Tiger Truck Stop. In some ways, it's exactly what you'd expect. Semi-trucks idling in rows, gas pumps in a convenience store. But set off to the side of the parking lot, there's a large cage. And inside, a 550-pound Siberian Bengal tiger. He's lived at the gas station for 16 years. And his name is Tony. Tony looks pretty hot. The cage is actually more than 3,000 square feet. It seemed big, but it's hard to know how big is big enough for a tiger. There are two sets of iron bars which separate Tony from the parking lot. There's a grassy area, a small pool, and a covered part where he can get out of the sun. The whole thing, while maybe a bit sparse, seemed clean and well-maintained. Tony eats 20 pounds of feline diet daily. The combination of horse meat, beef, and vitamins is shipped here 2,000 pounds at a time. The man behind the Tiger truck stop is Michael Sandlin. My name is Michael Sandlin. I'm owner of the Tiger truck stop in Gross State, Louisiana. We sat down with him in the Tiger Cafe, a 24-hour diner on the other side of the parking lot. Tony is 16 years old now, uh, so he's an old man. Uh, They average uh, about 20 years uh, lifespan in captivity, but uh, he is getting old. He he is a cat, so he sleeps a lot, Uh, average uh, 16, 18 hours a day sleeping, Uh, especially after he eats. He he acts just like your house cat at home. He's just a lot bigger, you know. Today, Michael Sandlin only has Tony. But over the years, he's had more than a dozen tigers at the truck stop. He got started in the 80s, but before him, his father and brother kept live tigers at truck stops in Texas and Arizona. He thinks of the tiger as the mascot for the business, and also, of course, a draw. I don't think I've ever been, I mean, I've been to zoos before, but I don't think I've actually ever been as physically close to a tiger. I mean, you really are rather close to to Tony. You're, you're, you're about four feet uh, if he's right there. Uh, uh, we've had several people actually uh, sprayed uh, a few times and soaked from head to toe and, and actually have a couple of signs hanging up say, caution, tiger may spray. So uh, That seems like the worst thing on earth. <laughs> so, you know, I thought well, if, if I ever had room, maybe I'd have a... a you know, some I got peed on at Tiger Truck Stop t-shirts or uh, a peed on a Hall of Fame wall or something, you know, so. Uh. There are more tigers in captivity in the United States than wild tigers in the entire world. The wild tiger population is dwindling. Most estimates put the number just over 3,000, while the number of captive tigers in this country alone is a lot higher. Some estimates are 5,000, and others as high as 10,000. But we just don't know for sure, because they're living in unaccredited roadside zoos and in people's backyards, and in Tony's case, at a truck stop. Here in Louisiana, 
no one can seem to make up their mind whether it's against the law to have a tiger at a truck stop. So for the last decade, this 550-pound tiger has been in legal limbo, a living billboard for personal property rights on one side and animal rights on the other. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. What do you say to, to those that have said, wait a second, this is a this is a animal, this is an am- animal that's potentially endangered in the wild. They're not meant to be in near trucks or near, you know, get gas fumes and things like that. That's not the right environment for a tiger. Um, well, I mean, you know, is it a right environment for people? Um, you know, uh, it... It's it's really what they get used to. You know, if you ever drive down the road and you see deer on the side of the interstate in the grass, or you you look over in the trees and you see an eagle's nest, and and I'm like, oh my God, you better call PETA to come tell that eagle that it shouldn't have built built its nest there next to the interstate. So I don't buy the air quality, but they have a point about the noise. But say you're visiting some, say you have a cuckoo clock in your home and it goes off every hour and at first it bothered you but you don't even notice it anymore but somebody comes and visit and it drives them up the wall uh you know it's what you get used to and uh, tony has uh one-on-one attention he has the best food that money can buy uh that most zoos and sanctuaries can't afford um you know, he's got excellent veterinarian care, um, and he's he's loved. Um, and if, you know, if he was being abused, he certainly still wouldn't be alive at 16 years of age. And, uh, of course, we're hoping to get several more years of enjoyment from him. Well, Tony's been around a long time in our consciousness and physically. We, a lot of us, have known about Tony for 15 plus years. I visited Tony many times. I actually delivered him toys and treats and bones from time to time. This is Jeff Dorson, executive director of the Humane Society of Louisiana. Do you have favorite animals? No, (laughs) I like them all. Give me a penguin or a baby elephant or an ostrich and it's like I'm in heaven. We met with him at his house on the outskirts of New Orleans. We knew it was his house because of the gigantic bags of dog food piled out front. And once we got inside, he tried to put the dogs away, but they kept escaping. I have three of them. They're all rescues. They're all kind of left behind. Nobody wanted them, but I did, and I have a cat. There's Willie, and he's coming up to say hi. I have a cat named Julia. I have a pit bull that's just a bowl of butter. And um, I have another little dog whose name is, is Monkey. Jeff Dorson along with many animal rights activists all over the country, want to get Tony out of that truck stop and sent to an animal sanctuary where he can live out the rest of his days. I've met with Mr. Sandlin. I've tried to see if there's any room, any common ground, if there's any way to negotiate, or and there wasn't. He said to me that it would be cruel to take Tony away from him, to bring him to uh, one of the refuges, um, because Tony has been with him since he was a 
cub and that Tony would be sad and it would be upsetting for Tony to be removed from what he knows. What do you think about that? Uh, I have a whole different perspective. Here's mine. Species love to be with their own species. Who does Tony have? Michael Sandlin isn't a Bengal tiger, so who's he kidding? In 2006, Jeff Dorson and his fellow animal rights activists got a break. All of a sudden, the state of Louisiana made it a crime to possess, buy, or sell a tiger. Not only tigers, but also polar bears and any, quote, wild quadrupeds, big exotic cats, or non-human primates. The state said no random person can have a pet tiger. Colleges, zoos, research centers are okay, but no one else. Part of their argument was public safety. You're, you're more likely to be attacked by a shopping cart or a vending machine in the Walmart parking lot than you are of ever being attacked by a tiger or a monkey walking down the road in Louisiana. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I don't see this as a public safety issue. The law also states that possession of exotic animals is detrimental to their welfare and may have negative impacts on the recovery of some threatened and endangered species. Animal, exotic animal owners were made uh, criminals overnight and were treated like criminals. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just actually tyranny uh, by our own government. Michael Sandlin was furious which is kind of odd, because he actually got off better than a lot of other exotic pet owners in the state. He was grandfathered in and issued a permit. Tony could stay, at least for a little while. When animal rights activists got word that Louisiana's new law somehow wouldn't apply to Sandlin, and that Tony the Tiger would continue living in a cage at a gas station off of I-10, an organization called the Animal Legal Defense Fund sued the state of Louisiana. So under the law, animals are not considered anything more than property. And um, as such, there are very few laws that provide animals with any sort of meaningful legal protection. This is Carnian Nasser, Senior Counsel for Wildlife and Regulatory Affairs for the Animal Legal Defense Fund. And we have to get creative to try to ensure that they're not treated like a chair or a table or a car, because we know that it's ridiculous to suggest that complex animals are no more than just a piece of inanimate property. Um, You know, I think any of us who has a dog or a cat can tell these animals have feelings, they have their own personalities, and certainly they um, should be entitled to lives free from harm, free from neglect, and provided with the ability to engage in the full range of their natural behavior. They did get creative. The Animal Legal Defense Fund argued that Michael Sandlin could not legally keep Tony for three reasons. First, because there's a local parish ordinance prohibiting it. Second, because Sandlin, the individual man, doesn't own Tony. His corporation does. And finally, because no one lived on the premises where Tony was kept. 
and they actually won that case, and the judge revoked our permit. Uh, basically, that was over, and, and at that point, I said, well, we'll never get a uh, state permit to keep Tony. Here's where the story becomes like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books. Instead of complying with the law, Michael Sandlin said, no thanks. I'll just figure out how to rewrite it. You know, I did uh, hire some lobbyists. Uh, I had a documentary made um, that we titled How Not to Kill a Tiger. Uh, and we made sure that every legislator got a copy of that documentary. This was in 2012. Sandlin sought the help of Republican State Senator Rick Ward, and together they drafted a bill that would make an exception just for Tony. Somehow it worked. In 2014, SB 250 was signed into law by then-Governor Bobby Jindal. We prevailed uh, because we told the truth. I think that we could probably all think of a law that we'd like to exempt ourselves from. And it's just not fair that he got special treatment and it's not constitutional either. And that's separate and on top of the fact that there's just simply no reason to keep a tiger, an endangered species, in a gas station. I mean, it defies logic and it's completely outrageous. The Animal Legal Defense Fund has filed another lawsuit, alleging that it was a wild violation of the state's constitution to exempt Michael Sandlin from having to follow the same rules as everyone else. Animal Legal Defense Fund's position is that it's an unconstitutional law because our constitution in the state of Louisiana provides that that no law shall be made just for the benefit of one individual or entity, which is clearly what that what that exemption from Mr. Sandlin is, um, which is why we filed a lawsuit to challenge the constitutionality of that special law made just for Mr. Sandlin, and um, the litigation is still pending. I always felt like if they could come in and take that tiger away from the truck stop, that they could come into anybody's home and anybody's business and take whatever they want, and there's nothing we can do about it. So, uh, you know, I had the, 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 the ability to stand up and fight, the resources to stand up and fight, so I did. All over the truck stop, Michael Sandlin has posted materials explaining that animal rights activists want to take Tony away. And that next, they'll come for your pets. And after that, the hamburger on your plate. He sells merchandise that says, animal rights activists taste like chicken. That's a little joke. Uh, uh, It's a tiger, you know, licking his chomps and says animal rights activists taste like chicken. And and that's kind of our slogan. So... um, uh, the, those T-shirts uh, sell like hotcakes, so uh, uh, and that helps us pay for the food to, to feed Tony. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's been really tough. I mean, I've even had the FBI con- contact me on several occasions and, you know, tell me to watch my back that they've intercepted uh, phone calls and text messages and so forth. Uh, that they're going to take me out and that sort of thing. And, you know, so there's some crazy people in this world. 
At first, we didn't understand why Michael Sandlin would still be fighting so hard. It seems like he's gotten everything he wanted. But here's the thing. Apparently, this special law allowing him to keep Tony applies only to Tony. So when he dies, that's the end of the Tiger truck stop, or at least the Tiger part of it. I I would not be able to get another Tiger. Um, We would have to close the exhibit down or, or... or maybe put in some other animals that uh, are not uh, banned uh, here in the state of Louisiana. And if you'd asked me, you know, 10, 20 years ago that this would ever, could ever happen in the state of Louisiana, the sportsman's paradise, uh, I'd have said you were crazy. But uh, apparently the animal rights activists have been, you know, busy lobbying and and hard, hard at work, and, and we were just blindsided, you know. Do you think that business here, obviously you're well-established, but the tiger trucks, I mean, you drive up and down 10, and there's a tiger, and it's called the tiger truck stop. I mean, if there's no tiger, are you worried about potential business, losing potential business? Um, I am. I mean, you know, the tigers uh, are certainly a draw, Um you know, but and and that was the purpose of of the tiger exhibit to begin with. You know, and and the animal rights activists like to accuse me of that, uh, but I, I have no problem admitting that that uh, you know the tigers were here as an attraction. But after you know 25 years, uh, when all of this uh, started happening with the animal rights lawsuits and everything. After 25 years of of taking care of these animals and having 13 cubs born here at the truck stop and, you know, wiping their butts and feeding them and and raising them, it means a lot more to me than that now. It's it's really my life's work and and, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Sandlin estimates he spent half a million dollars in legal fees to keep Tony at the truck stop, and he's still going. He's filed a lawsuit of his own against the state of Louisiana, alleging that it's discriminatory to prohibit him or anyone from buying a tiger. And while lawyers and lawmakers argue and write and rewrite laws defining what is and is not okay to do with animals, Tony is just there in his cage gigantic and sleeping, occasionally opening his eyes to look at whoever's come over to see him after they finished getting gas. Criminal is produced by Lauren Spohr and me. Audio mixed by Rob Byers. Special thanks to Alice Wilder. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of Criminal. You can see them at thisiscriminal.com. Criminal is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collective of the best podcasts around. Thanks to AdZerk for providing their ad-serving platform to Radiotopia. Radiotopia from PRX is supported by the Knight Foundation and MailChimp, celebrating creativity, chaos, and teamwork. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. Radiotopia.